Welcome to the Three Amigos FPL show for Game Week 30. We're the Three Amigos. I'm your host, FPL Marple, and alongside me, as always, are my amigos Mars and Dale. On this week's show, we're joined by special guest Tom Campbell, who you all follow at UtterlyTC. Tom, you're very welcome to the Three Amigos. How is the season treating you? And more importantly, how are you? Hey, Donica. I'm really well, thanks. And thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, season's been not great, actually. It's definitely been my worst for five or six years now, um, round about the 350k mark, I think, off the back of this game week, um, but had kind of been um, around there for, gosh, since back in game week 16, I think. Never been in the top 200k this season, so yeah, it's been a pretty disappointing season. Still got a few weeks left to claw back some kind of respectability, but um, yeah, you've just got to keep plugging away. It's all fun. How about you? Yeah. Um, well, no, my season is, um, we don't really talk about it on the air at the moment. Because, um, yeah, Mars, Mars will refer to it plenty of times during the show anyway. But <laughs> tell me, Tom, been looking at your match of the day roundups that you've put up on Twitter. I'm a big fan of them. When did you start doing them and kind of, uh, what was your no, thinking? Thanks, um, yeah, so I, basically what I do, um, just on Twitter. So my uh, Twitter handle, as you mentioned, is, um, at utterlytc and, I don't want to say every week, but as as many times as I, or as often as I can, um, I'll basically just put out um, four pictures on my phone of sort of notes of match of the day after I finish watching it on a on a typically on a Sunday morning. Um, I started doing it, um, I don't know, definitely this season, but uh, probably about a quarter of the way into the season, and just people just seem to really enjoy them, and sort of did it really actually for a friend of mine who. Um, he's a dad of two and just mentioned that he just doesn't get the chance to, to watch match of the day, even though it's kind of, you know, 90 minutes, but just super busy. And I was like, well, actually I always do. So can just kind of do that and actually put the notes across from an FPL point of view. So we can all read reports and stuff of the games and see you've got the, you know, the goals and what have you. But I try and focus in on who caught my eye from a, an FPL point of view and um, with a view to the upcoming game week. So, yeah, people have been really enjoying those and I'm happy to keep doing them. Yeah, I'd say sometimes as a as a dad of three, it's um, <laughs> I find it sometimes hard to actually get to see Match of the Day unless yeah. one of the boys actually puts it on themselves. They're at an age where Match oh, of okay. the Day is one of the programmes they like to watch. I can't remember the last time I watched it, to be fair, yeah. uh, on a Saturday night. But I do record it and watch it on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, I completely agree with you. The notes are really helpful. And, uh, you know, it's, for me, I, I've always said it, it's all about the eye test. So when I read, yeah. I look forward to those notes because sometimes it's good to have a different view. And just to see, you know, okay, there's stats, of course, there are stats and we mm-hmm. look at them, but there's nothing beats what you actually see, the movement of the player. Stats are not going to tell you that or how the player looks. They look hung. Sometimes I actually go by that. If I see a player that might not have scored, in that game, but actually looks like he's getting into good places, getting the deliveries, just unlucky. I might go for him because I, I think, you, okay, yeah. next next match, he's going to smash. Like, like, you know, nine times out of ten, he would have scored that one. So if it happens again, he's going to score. And sometimes I get lucky like that. Do you know, do you know what, guys? I totally agree. And actually, I think, I think of a really good example earlier this season was just before Mahrez went on his really good run. He actually was, he played so well in um, 
on match of the day. He didn't really do much from an FPL perspective, but he just he just looked awesome in terms of how he played. Sort of, and that made me bring him in, and I benefited from that um, that run. I then made a mistake in transferring him out um, for Eden Hazard, who who kind of did well initially, but then tapered off. But it was I only brought Mares on in on the strength of how good he looked on match of the day, that kind of observation that you're talking about. The stats wouldn't have told me that. In actual fact, they would have probably told me not to get him. So I think there's a balance between what you see and what you read on the stats. And I think FPL management success is probably about trying to marry the two up as much as you can. So anyway, tell us, Tom, um, Game Week 29 is just after wrapping up. But um, how did you get on? Um, How many points are we looking at? Um, not a bad week for me, actually. I got um, 57 this week, so um, defence did pretty well for me. I seem to have ended up with a load of money put into my defence. So uh, Van Dijk, um, Otamendi and Davies all picked up six. Um, I didn't captain Salah, so that was a mistake. I went Kane because I'm always just attracted to that hat-trick potential. That's clearly been a mistake this season. Jordan Ayew picked up seven and... I'm one of Sanchez's remaining three owners, so picked up his really, 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 really lucky uh, assist this um, this evening against uh, against Palace. So yeah, not too bad, mate. Fifty-seven this week. Good stuff. I I just pipped you by two points, so fifty-nine. So um, so um, I'll I'll take my small victories where I can get them, you know. Um, Mars, how did you get on? How was twenty-nine for you? Yeah, I'm I'm on fifty-four all out. I'd, oh, it's really close then. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's, it's it's quite close. I mean, you know what? If I think if you got over fifty this um, this game week, um, it's it's, it's been right, a pretty yeah. low scoring game week. Yeah, yeah. I also went Kane over Salah just because I have it. The only time I captain Salah this this uh, season is when he only got one assist. So um, yeah, nothing much to shout about. I mean, Otamendi clean sheet. But yeah, I'm I'm happy. Uh, I got um, Mariapa again. Get me get me clean sheet, which was which was nice. Did you um, did you yeah. captain Salah, Don? I did, yeah. Captain yeah. I just feel like Mars and I, and I had dodged Son a bit well. of a bullet. I mean, I watched that game um, and, yeah, Salah could have easily scored heaps more than he did. Yeah, so I, but I, so, I think, so, so could have Kane and they should have That's had a good goal. point. Yeah, Kane, so, Kane Son, Son, was, Son was rugby tackled inside the area. He was, yeah. <laughs> and Kane, Kane always seems to be just knocking on the door of that hat. But one day we'll get there, Mars. But uh, tell me, Dale, how was your one? Um, it wasn't bad. Fifty-four points. So it, that's it's not to rate on all, but it's higher than the average. Yeah, um, all pretty similar then, isn't it, guys? Really? Yeah, Captain Mane that paid off. Nice. Um, and Abamyang popped up with his nine points. Are we? Are we got them three bonus points? I don't know, but I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, that was a strange one. St- scoring one goal in a loss, like so. Um, it was a bit of an odd one, all right. And then, um, like people were giving me pelters on Twitter because I had three Arsenal players. It's like, well, I had a Bamiyang, so you know, it's not all bad. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Um, so lads, let's move on to the next section of the show, which is, of course, Mars's talking point. When he, um, we'll see what has caught the wacky eye of Mars this past game week. Could be Arsenal, could be Everton. Take your pick. I mean, these two clubs are just—I don't know what is going on. Uh, Arsenal. I, I actually called it on last week's pod. The Arsenal were going to lose to Brighton. I, said, I even apologised to Dave because he was an Arsenal yes. fan. You, you could see it. Uh, they could go on a run now. They could still, but you could, I just had a feeling that Brighton were going to turn them over. But just away from home, they, just watching them. You know, we talked about match of the day earlier. Just watching them. They just had no bottle against City. 
Okay, in the league game, they were better, but still. And then Everton, oh my word, away from home. I mean, honestly, I don't know what is going on. Um, I called that one. Yeah, and you take off Sigurdsson when you need a goal away from home, and he's smiling about it. He was playing he, well. He was. He well. was. I he was. Yeah. Game. I mean, yeah. those. I, I. You know what? It can only get better for both both those teams. But you know, you could argue. You know, I. I. I've said I don't think. You know, I can never rule Arsenal out of the top four race just because they have nothing to play for now, and mathematically they can still do it. So for me, it's still everybody out of the top six fighting for those four places. But I can see why people say not Arsenal out of it. They are about thirteen or fifteen points behind now. You know, you need a huge swing of points oh, for them to there's... make it. Yeah, no, I'm just a cautious them. type. I'm just a cautious type, Don. You know. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's not even it's not even Liverpool. They have to they have to every, two teams that have to completely collapse for them to get through. They they, yeah. they really did they, they really did phone it in though against Brighton. I think they they were like they completely took them for granted. They thought they were going to roll up there, resting Aaron Ramsey, who was by far their you know only decent player against Man City. I thought was. Was pretty I was arrogant. Upset about that. And I, I just kind of, I mean, it just like it smacks of arrogance, you know. Like Brighton are a good team; they're actually playing a lot better recently. And I thought they deserved to lose. I thought their defending was shambolic again. I can't see them touching the top four, not for love nor money. I think they need to focus on the Europa League. Although personally, I think they get beaten that by a Milan who are on a cracking run over in Serie A. So I, I, I think. Well, you, as you, you look at the FDR difference manager, in the managers. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Wenger is it's a basket case. He should have gone ages ago. But you, you look at FPL though, and it's so difficult because they're about to go. We're about to go into double game weeks territory, and they've got this awesome run of fixtures. And it's like, do you trust them to make good on this and take Mars's approach of you know this could happen, they could write it, or do you look at their like I think it's four wins in fourteen or something. Mm. Like, can you actually put any trust into that? Probably not. It's like it's really difficult from an uh, FPR manager. It is. It is. And for me, it's a waiting game. Just wait and see if something like you know. Okay, Boomerang will. I think he'll do well. He'll he'll score goals. Rams Ramsey's class. But then what else? I thought mm. hasn't shown me anything. Now maybe no. with the shackles off and he can't play in Europa, I believe right. He's he's cup tied right. The point is the shackles will be off, and like you said, most likely they'll probably lose to Milan. So you never know. You say the shackles are off Mars, but they're not because it's the age-old problem from a footballing perspective with Arsenal. They don't have a defensive midfielder mm. or they don't have a competent defensive midfielder who can do the dirty work and protect the defence and let the forward players go forward. And that is the biggest problem with Arsenal at the minute is they're playing Xhaka as, as the defensive midfielder and and he's not he's not a defensive midfielder. He, he's got his red card in him. He, you know mm. he's, 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 he can pick a pass. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a defensive midfielder, and that is why teams are picking him apart because they can get at that back three because the back three just haven't got no pace. At no, all. Cool. Sending's off for Jacker now in his career, so you know he's a walking red card. But as it's, well. it's, it's, because he's the last man in the, in the midfield and he's, and he's got to make yeah. a last-ditch tackle and that, that's why yeah. he's a red card into happen. And, you know, they've, they've got this awesome fixture in 30 home to Watford, which looks great on paper, but Watford have just found some form recently. They kind of sorted out the defence a little bit and, I, you know, Troy Deeney's got previous with, with Arsenal. He was the one who kind of made the comment about them having a soft underbelly. Mm. So, you know, he's going to be, he's going to get, he's captain, so he's going to be 
super motivated again, I wouldn't fancy them in that game. I love how anyway. you eloquently put. I love how you eloquently put no cojones as a soft underbelly. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I think. I think what I'd be waiting for on my Arsenal is what happens with Arsene Wenger. If he announces he got is going at the end of the season, I think that mm. could just lift the club and everyone's like, good. great, it's going, and we were going to celebrate his 20 years or whatever it is here. And you know, I mean, he's, he's tarnished his legacy, no doubt about that. But he's, he's just been left behind tactically with, yeah. with managers like Klopp and Pep who, you know, the press from the front and they want their attacking midfielders to be the first line of defence rather than just yeah. cost, cost this, this is why I think when they when they signed the two, I said Mkhitaryan and, and Boomerang, I said great signings, but Arsenal will remain Arsenal because these two guys would never be asked to defend. So if Arsenal have got a game where it's an open game and teams coming at them, OK, even though City did, but you know, City can defend and attack at the same time. Not many teams can do that. So if a team goes to Arsenal at home and try to open up, they could hit you. Like Actually, in fact, think about the Liverpool game where it was 3-3. Because we had, you know, it was during the period where we had dodgy defending and, and Minila made a couple of mistakes. Arsenal came at us because they don't defend, they just attack. Now, if you have any muscle in your team and you go at them like Brighton did and City did, they will lose. So I think... Their attacking players in some games will deliver, and they could deliver big. The problem is, which games? Teams, teams have worked out. It's you know, for Arsenal to play well, Mesut Ozil's got to play well, pretty much. And because you know, there's no doubt about it. Like going forward, he's a class. He's a classy number ten. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. He's a world class number ten. He is. You know, he's, he's nice. going to go. Agree. He's going yeah. to go to Germany to the World Cup, and the, the you know they're going to have a massive chance to win the World Cup. And he's going to be a massive part of what they do. But what teams are working out is if they stop the supply to Ozil, then they stop Arsenal playing. And it's that simple. It's it's like, you know, you, you look at the, the best teams in the league and you go, well, where are their strengths? And it's like Liverpool. You go, oh, they've got Salah, but then they've got Firmino. Oh, and they've got Mane. And then further back, they've got the Ox. You know what I mean? It's like, it's coming at you from all angles. Man City, you've got Aguero, you've got Sane, you've got Sterling. You know, the less extent with United, but you know they're going to be solid at the back, and you can't break them down. And if you give them a sniff, they're going to get, it. they're going to take it because you know it's United and that's their mentality. And same with Spurs, they've got Kane, they've got Ali. When you look at Arsenal, it's like where are their strengths? And and I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing it myself personally. I think you're right. Um, so to sum up uh, Mars's talking point of the week, um, Arsenal are goners and Granite Jacka, as much as it sounds like a brilliant defensive midfielder name. He's not a defensive midfielder. Have I'm going to get pelters on Twitter now for the national party. <laughs> you're, you're used to it anyway. That's all good. Just a quick one on Everton as well. I actually went to watch them up at Spurs a few weeks back when they got thrashed 4-0. Random, randomly went to Wembley to watch that with some friends. I think you were there when you were, I think you mentioned I was, I was, yeah, yeah. They on the road are... Seriously, a terrible, terrible team. Um, I know terrible at home. Well, I mean, at home you can kind of just about make a case. I don't think they're they're great at all, but on the road they're just dreadful. And I know they got a game, haven't they? Um, in thirty-one, it's not a horrible game against Stoke, but it is away, Stoke, and their away yeah. record is is really, really bad. So I, I'm not quite sure what Allardyce's brief was when he went in there. If it was just to keep them up, then they'll probably manage that. But beyond that, he's really doesn't hasn't done anything. When they were going through a really, really bad run with Unsworth, I said, look, Allardyce is the right man for the job. Just go get him. He will do. He will get them what they need to be. They need a manager like him. And he he's done what is needed of him, which is to make sure that a club like Everton does not get relegated. 
because let's be honest, they they shouldn't be, and they are a, a big historical club. You know, they shouldn't be. But then mm-hmm. we've seen bigger clubs also, or just as big clubs. I don't want to. I don't want the Blues to come at me because I'm a Liverpool <laughs> fan. You know, but you know, like the Nottingham Forest, the Leeds, these are big clubs that have been down, so they could they just could not afford to go down. So Twisting he came. And he's done a good job. No, just reminded me how, how crap my club is. <laughs> but you know, like, he, he's he's coming, and I, to be honest, I actually thought he would make them a bit more better defensively. I was, I remember when, when it all happened. I said, well, I'm going to watch and see what what you know Everton or no go until we see what Allardyce does. And I was hoping that the defenders would be better. Got Kenny in because he was cheap. Not it hasn't improved. I quote Everton fans when I say this is this is not my words. They say they are top six uh, at home, so they are better at home, and they've got mm. a nice game. They've got a nice game next week against Brighton, but then they are away the week after. So it's 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 kind of like you know I was thinking doubling up on Theo and Siggy because I've already got Theo. So I thought okay I'll get Sigurdsson, but I might not I might go somewhere else. So I really don't know, and I'm just waiting to see one, what will happen. Yeah, one to look at there, mate. I noticed that um, Baines was on the bench in the last game, and Martina had a really tough game against Loughton and Lennon on the right hand side of um, of Burnley's team. So. I think he, as long as Baines is up to it, and you'd assume he was on the bench, he's got to be close to fitness. I think he'll come back in soon. So you might want to see how he goes in that Brighton game. And if he you know, comes through unscathed, then he might be a nice um, nice differential for 31. I, I yeah. would recommend Col- Coleman, but 6.4 million is heaps to be playing on playing for he an is, Everton defender. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, as a Kenny owner, that Coleman will be rested for the away game and let Kenny play at home. Mm, could happen because he's that was a long term injury, wasn't it? So yeah, could yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, that's what no, I'm. That's hoping. kind of a yeah. That's kind of wishful thinking, I think, Marzi. It is. It is. <laughs> I know. The three amigos are offering our listeners the chance to appear on our podcast as our special guest in a future episode. Simply be the first to identify the voice. I'm a football player. For your chance to win, send your guesses to at Three Amigos FPL on Twitter or on our Facebook page. That voice again. I'm a football player. Good luck. So, Tom, do you have any ideas who could be the player? The only one I thought it might be is a sort of long-forgotten Everton midfielder of Davy Classen. No, but it's, no. it's not a bad guess. He's. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give one one slight clue in it is um, he's a lot more experienced in the Premier League than um, than Classen. Okay. I mean, Mars is more experienced, and he's hardly had a had a kick, has he? <laughs> quite right. Listen, been, I can't give out pony, who, hasn't he? No, not a, not a bad guess. When when you do find out who it is, you'll you'll know that how why, why I'm saying that it's not that bad a guess. So um, oh, yeah. so, but okay. um, lads, let's let's move on to the community topics. So um, we're going to discuss all the big to- talking points in the Twitter and the we're newfound Reddit community. We joined up for Reddit this um. This last week, some talking points that we've come across in the community. When you struggle for confidence, it's difficult as well when you have just the trousers on. It's easy to take the trousers off as well, but when you're naked completely, you have to find a shirt and try to put it on again. That, of course, is a quote, but not from Mars, um, but instead the professor, Arsene Wenger. <laughs> uh, lads, there have been a good few, um, there have been some quality football quotes over the years, um, but we're going to kick off this section of the co- show by giving you all a chance to give us your favourite, starting with you, Marzi. Oh, I mean, for me, uh, there's a couple, but the one that wins it is Rafa's uh, fact, facts rant. Um, that that's, when, that's, when, that's when he lost it. 
and that's when you knew that uh, Ferguson or was it Mourinho got in his mind. Um, I think it was Ferguson, and it's just I didn't know he didn't have to do it. We were doing so well, he didn't actually have to do it. But as I was watching it, I was like, mm, he's got into your mind. So fair play. Great, Tom, you're next up. Um, give us your favourite managerial Yeah, goal. so um, before um, Jose became sort of embittered with life and sort, sort of started thinking that the game owed him, he actually did have a great sense of humour. I remember him fondly from his early days at Chelsea and even before that at Porto. My favourite quote was from his first spell in charge of Chelsea when uh, he'd had a bit of an injury trouble uh, with the Chelsea squad and he was kind of moaning that there wasn't uh, the opportunity to sort of strengthen the squad. And he did this great analogy or metaphor by comparing his squad to a blanket that was too small for him. And if he pulled it up over his chest, then his feet were left out in the cold and you kind of knew where he was going. And then he kind of, he kind of recognized that this could be seen as quite insulting to his players. So he added this caveat by saying, but the blanket is made of cashmere as if to like say, but I'm, you know, I'm really happy with the guys I have, but um, you know, then he sort of, extended out to saying the supermarket is closed and stuff and uh, I, I miss that that Jose Mourinho who would have some fun with the press um, I think he needs to needs to lighten up because uh, he's all got to um, he's got pretty melancholy and it's not not him that was that was a good one though. that was my favourite it was a good one yeah too serious now at this point um, Dale what's your favourite one well I mean there's the classic Eric Cantona you know the seagulls yeah. are following the trawler but I'm going. That's, to, what, I'm going it, that's to, what the Wenger one reminded me of, yeah. Was that? Yeah, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to stick to old school and I'm going to go for the classic Kevin Keegan meltdown live on Sky Sports. I will love it if we beat them. <laughs> oh, that was like one of the watershed moments of the nineties. If if you was a Premier League football fan in the nineties, you you Never knew well. that moment. Yeah, they play, yeah. played it on Sky Sports about a million times. You know, yeah. Man United fans rejoice in that one. I think every year they love uh, they love laughing at poor Kev. But yeah, um, yeah he totally four point lead, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, Fergie side. totally got in his head. Was one of them yeah. examples of him totally getting in his head. But sure um, my favourite ones, lads, would be um, I have two um, two Ian Holloway ones because Holloway I think has quality quality quotes. But um, this is my favourite one would be um, when he when he said in a press conference after a victory he said. Put it in gentlemen's terms, if you've been out for a night and you're looking for a young lady and you pull one, some weeks they're good looking and some weeks they're not the best. Our performance today would have been not the best looking bird, but at least we got her in the taxi. She wasn't the, be- she wasn't the best looking lady we ended up taking home, but she was very pleasant and very nice. So thanks very much. Let's have a coffee. Oh, God. <laughs> He's always a legend. You can pick real. any Holloway club. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely program. love him. Ronaldo's penis. He said he's great at football, but I bet he's got a small. I hope he's got a small penis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, there's another one from this was uh, this was the one after um, after his side um, lost at Crystal Palace, and he said, "I mean, if you're a burglar, it's no good pouncing around on the outside of somebody's house looking good with your swag bag ready. <laughs> just get in there, burgle them, and come out." I don't advocate that, obviously. It's just an analogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, he's on. Uh, he's quality. But yeah, no, I thought. I thought when I heard Wenger's uh, Wenger's comments after the match, I thought, um, yeah, we have to have a bit of a chat on that on the pod. He's um, totally lost, it, hasn't he? It's sad to say he's just completely, completely gone. Yeah, I, completely know. gone. I feel. Dale, I feel sorry for him too. Yeah, Dale mentioned he's destroying his own legacy, and uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's yeah, pretty sad to see. God knows what he was getting at with that quote. I don't even want to know. I doubt whether even he knows. I doubt whether even God knows. To be honest, so. 
just, it could uh, be though he could have just done like it could be a Mars situation where and he doesn't have the somebody to edit it afterwards and make it sound <laughs> like, nothing he's not saying anton tom so we'll move right swiftly on okay um first up we're going to look at we're calling it the laundry problem okay it feels like very few teams can consistently keep keen sheets right now. With only nine game week left to play, Tom, um, what is your strategy like in defence? Yeah, cool. So, I mean, just looking at it sort of initially, you know, like what I'm going to do over the next week or so. So I've ended up with heaps of money in my defence at the moment. I've got um, Van Dyke, Ottomendi um, and Davies as three kind of premiums with Norton and, and the fairly useless old Bonner alongside him. So my my plan is obviously to keep Van Dyke, who uh, he's got a tough fixture this weekend um, away at Man United, but obviously plays in 31 has a, a good fixture. I think that's certainly viable. People can can get on that. Um, Robertson probably represents better value as he's he's cheaper than um, Van Dyke and has been not playing really well on the left hand side. Seems to have that position nailed. Um, in terms of that. Um, upcoming blank though do like the look of Bauer um, for Stoke so if you can get round this upcoming game week because Stoke have got Man City then he may be one to look at going into 31 um, I definitely also want to keep with Ben Davies he went up in value again last night to uh, I think 5.9 mil I think he's at now and um, although he doesn't play in um, 31 I think it is it's worth keeping with Ben Davies as uh, Spurs do actually play in um, game week 34, um, which is a double game week. So they've got a tough game against Man City and then a home game against Newcastle. And then they also play in 37 um, as part of the double as well with two away games against West Brom and um, I think it's Brighton respectively. I don't think those have been confirmed yet, but that's what we're expecting around there. So I'm kind of happy to keep with the two premiums and then look to um, probably get Bauer in as um, one of the one of the guys to supplement him as part of the uh, blank game week 31 strategy. That's what I'm looking at. Great stuff, Tom. Um, nicely covered there. I know um, the Chelsea defence after game week 32 and kind of double United for the two double game weeks it's a hard one to know because player teams' form is changing so much and um, Chelsea are very hard to rely on. They look like fixtures-wise, they look good, but it's kind of hard to know what, what Chelsea yeah. we're going to get for the running. This is a good point, mate, because they do have a great fixture against um, Palace in the upcoming game week on, on Saturday in the late game. I guess another one in the same midst as Bauer would be um, Charlie Daniels or potentially like an Ake or Steve Cook, someone like that for Bournemouth. They've got a really hard mm. game on the Sunday against Spurs, but then they do play in 31. And like Miles was saying, in terms of being like a watcher of games, Bournemouth went to a flat back four in the game against Leicester and they were so close to keeping that uh, that clean sheet against Leicester. And it seemed to work better for Daniels. He seemed to attack more as part of a back four. So if you've got Daniels, I'd definitely keep him. And again, he may be one to look at for 31. Probably wouldn't recommend getting him against Spurs though, even though they're at home because... That's a tough fixture, but you know, onwards he's a he's a good option. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Um move on to what we're calling third forward woes. So um Mars coming to you on this one. Um this spot of course has been the troll position of the season for me with a long line of pretenders catching my and my eye and then letting me down. Um Callum Wilson is there right now, but if it wasn't for his favourable fixture in game week thirty one, he'd be long gone. Um Mars 
looking at these last nine game weeks, um, who should managers be having in that position? Or perhaps is there a combination of players who you think works well for the remaining fixtures? So th- this is a really tough one, to be honest. There's not many options, obviously, apart from, from Okaka. Um, no, but talking seriously, there's, you know, all, all of these guys are under-delivering. They promise you, so Niase comes in, does well, and then nothing. Uh, uh, DLC, he comes in, and then out, in and out of the team. So you don't know if you can stick with him or not. And then even if you look at Wilson, it's exactly the same. So I could say, oh yeah, you know, Joshua King is looking good and back, and he's on penalties. I don't even know if he's going to play. Even at Bournemouth now, we have the issue of Defoe, King, and, um, and Wilson. So I would say... So, if you look at game week 31, you've got you've got a small choice, to be honest. Most people will have Firmino, right? And a lot of people will have either Kane or Aguero, so you bench them because you're not going to sell them. So, I'm, I'm benching Kane, for example. Then it comes to the third spot. So, you have a choice between a Bournemouth player because they're playing at home. I wouldn't go Everton because they're playing away. Um, I wouldn't. Some people have gone for Dini, which I wouldn't go for because he's playing at Liverpool. If you only bring him for 31, absolutely no point. And then Watford... And Everton probably don't. Might, I'm not sure, but they might not have um, double game weeks. I really, I haven't looked at all the teams that have double game week. I know Liverpool don't, but you can still have Firmino and keep him. But we'll cover that in uh, essential players. Um, apart from that, honestly, there's not much choice for the third spot in, from game week 31 onwards. My plan would be to go uh, 3-5-2 moving forward and have a player that a cheap player that playing in a double game week on my bench for the bench boost. So whether it's, uh, you know, depending on really which team has an easy-ish fixture in the double game week, or at least one of them being at home, then I'll pick a chief striker from that team and go 3-5-2. I guess, Max, you could, you could probably make a case for Benteke just in 31, bearing in mind that Palace just they play have, in a way. have to win. I agree. They do. It's not... But based on what you said, there aren't many options. I totally agree on the Watford one because you're likely to have a Liverpool defender as well. So even if he scores, that would be kind of cancelling out exactly. Liverpool clean sheet. Yeah. So I get, I get you saying like juice out the Stoke or certainly picked up a knock. Everton just toil it on the road. Um, Huddersfield not a bad option with with Mounier perhaps, but, but I he, but he rotates a lot. Yeah, Huddersfield. I, I, I forgot. Thank you for mentioning that. He rotates a lot. He so does. you've got I, so Mooney, I agree. The, the pool's really really Duke. small. It is. You know? it is. So I think of that tiny pool, just because of the other options, then you could make a case. It's not really a compelling case for Benteke, but of the options available, he might be the best one. You no, know, you could. You absolutely could. You know, they they are playing Huddersfield and they are playing away, but like you said, they need to win. Um, but then later on, I mean, they've got Chelsea next week. So would you buy him just for the for the for the game week thirty one? Because I'm intending to wildcard in 32, yes. If I yeah, didn't have my wildcard, yeah. then, then no. Me too. No, it, it's a good shout. Um, lads, my biggest regret this season was when um, I had McBurney in as my third forward and um, I was planning on just completely punting that position and then he got transferred out of the league so I stupidly <laughs> changed my tactic. Quite frankly, I should have left him there on the bleeding on my team and just I remember, forgot about it. I remember, I remember that. It was transfer deadline day and I, and I remember you having him and it popped up. Uh, he's gone to Barnsley or somewhere on loan. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, yeah, it was live on the pod, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Dale, come here. Next question up is Korea on my mind. Um, both £8 million Hung Min Sung and £4.9 million Ki Sung Young. 
were brilliant for FPL managers in game week 29 with 16 and 13 points respectively. Um, Spurs have Bournemouth in game week 30 before blanking, then having Chelsea and Man City in the next three. Swansea have Huddersfield, then a blank before travelling to Old Trafford to face United. Um, how do you value these two Korean players and how should how should FBL managers be regarding them now? It's a difficult one, this, because Hyungmin Son is like, he is doing the business this week and I've had him this season at points and he's, he's done the business for me. Um, but the problem with spares is when they play a top six side, they, don't, they haven't got the best form against the top six sides. So... <sighs> I mean, it depends how deep you are into spares because, you know, Davis is an option at the minute. Um, but, you know, he might hit rotation with Rose. Um, you've got Ali Eriksson and Son to pick from in the midfield. And and this is assuming everyone has Kane. So it just depends how deep you want to get into spares. Um, but I was, I've been looking at Ki Sung Young and, um, He's, he's, I think he's got, a, before this week as well, he's, he's got a six and an eight point hauls in the last three weeks. Uh, either side of a two point haul, something like that. But I was looking at his heat map and um, he's playing quite deep. Um, but then I was looking at the rest of the players and they're, they're all playing quite deep. So, you know, it looks like Swansea have like reverted from the short pass, slick passing style, what you associate with Swansea and they're playing a bit more direct. And, do you know what? So if he's he's pulling the strings and feeding the uh, either one of the Ayo brothers, I'd be tempted to take a little chance on him at four point nine because the difference in price, you're talking like three point one million. Um that could like that you're like point one off upgrading Walcott to Kevin De Bruyne. Do you know what I mean? It's it's so I'd be tempted to have a little gamble, but that I I am known for gambling and failing. So you probably you probably, probably keep some. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to have a little gamble on uh, Ki Sung Young. Yeah, else. I actually um I got a I remember after the game week um I got a question on Twitter, um you know one of these lineup questions, but it was for a draft a guy called Fantasy Ray, and he um he asked me Ki Sung Young was one of the three options. He um he asked me for for draft, and I didn't advise him for Ki, so I'd imagine that would be the last week that I'd be getting asked uh, asked by that particular <laughs> manager. But uh, that's brilliant stuff. We'll move on to the listener question section of the show. We're going to do this nice rapid fire. So um, first up, Tom um Jonathan Strack was asking. He's a double header of questions. Um, first of all, he wants to know: Would you keep Wilson um uh, for the upcoming blank game week, and what other striker alternatives other than Firmino? Um, he's no problem with money, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think if you've got him, you kind of got to keep. You've got to keep with him. Uh, the fact that he's got that that fixture, you know, he might not get full minutes, but um, you've got you've got to take the chance that he will, based on there being just you know just the eight teams playing in. In 31, so I'd definitely stick with. You know, he's not been on a great run, but um, it, it could easily come good for him in, in in that game week when there's so few teams playing. Um, I did have a little look in terms of the other options. Mars and I just had a quick chat on this, didn't we, about options. I think it comes down to kind of three. So probably Mounier, Dini, and Benteke. I've already said Dini doesn't really work for me because I've got a Liverpool midfielder and a defender, so him scoring would kind of cancel out that those points, those clean sheet points a bit. Um, 
Benteke does have the best um, shot stats in the last three. He's had eight shots. I don't think they include, they probably wouldn't include tonight's game. So he came really, really close to scoring. It was only a kind of another worldie from De Gea that kept him from scoring. Um, mm. He's had two assists in that time as well. And they're not great stats. And I'm not by any way, in any way, a big fan of uh, Benteke's really. But I just think that pool of strikers is so small, like we said, that he may represent the best option. I do like Mounier. I prefer him as a player. Um, but like Mar said, and it's a good counterpoint, he does get rotated. He's had 180 minutes in the last three over the period I was looking at compared to the 269 and 270 respectively for Dini and Benteke. So that comes with an element of risk. And for me, you'd be bringing this player in because you want him to be playing in that fixture and that fixture alone. So based on that, I think Benteke at 7.6 mil represents the best option of a pretty bad bunch, to be honest. Yeah, because he's, um, of course, Benteke, one thing you could say about him is he has uh, shown a proven track record of being able to score, you know, um, score in the Premier League. So. Yeah, he does. He's, uh, he does have he does have history. I think him losing penalties quite rightly was a pretty massive factor in in losing his appeal. Like he missed a few. Um, Milivojevic has definitely got that the nod there for pens. So that's a thing against him. But like I say, there's just not that many options. Like everyone's probably going to have very you know, anyway. Very so, slim pickings, all right, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Mill Tom. Um, second part of Jonathan's question was for the blank game week. Um, he's, he's asking for the best midfielder. So he is Walcott and Salah. Um, yes. Who else? So I was going to get a little bit creative on this one. So I think you know, everyone can look through you know, the Liverpool options. They kind of speak for themselves, really. But if you wanted to go rogue, and we all do, don't we, from time to time, here's one for you. So Will Hughes, he's just come back in. For Watford, he's only played 24 minutes, and that was against the Baggies in the last game, and came on. He picked up the assist for the winner, um, and it's his first game since, goodness, back in game week 14. But before that, he was on the run of, uh, off the back of a run of 14 points and eight points respectively against my beloved West Ham and Newcastle respectively. So he's dirt cheap, sort of 4.6 mil as a midfielder. Um, so if you wanted that that row punt, I definitely would look at see how his game time goes in game week 30. See if he's um, you know is returning to fitness and gets selected in that Watford midfield. But that would be one that would be under the radar for a lot of more casual managers. And I just got a feeling he he might be set to do something. So that would be a, a little sneaky shout. I like it. If that one comes off, you'll definitely be getting some shout outs the weekend. Uh, thanks, thanks, me and Tom. Um, move on to the next one, uh, Mars. Double header one from um, from John G. Grifters United. He was asking, first of all, he was struggling for a game with 30 questions. So he was asking which of us is Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase. Um, we enlightened him at the um, on Twitter, but um, I can confirm that I am Steve Martin. Dale, who are you? I'm Chevy Chase. Chevy that Chase. makes me Martin Short. Yes, and you are the shortest person on the on the podcast. So um, <laughs> I am indeed. Good things come in small packages. But so does poison. <laughs> and uh, next part was his proper question was, who are the season keepers right now? So irrespective of fixtures and blanks, who is needed and who wouldn't you sell? So who's unsellable? I'm, I'm not saying anything that's going to rock the world here. You know, Kane Salah for me. Those two you keep, you build your team around, you, you build your teams around them. And if you have the gear, to be honest, why would you sell him? 
they're going to play in the double game weeks, you just keep him. You keep him on if you if, or if you're making a wild card and you look in at options. I, I've I always love to have him in my team and he's one he's going to play every game for United and he gets safe points right left and center. He keep they keep clean sheets. So for me, there's one in each position. Those three. Any defender that's um, most on? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> I don't think there is one defender that is a must own. There's Andai. there's good defenders. Uh, I don't I, I don't think he is. They don't play. We don't play in the double game week. So I wouldn't keep uh, uh, Van Dijk if we. I would keep Salah as a single game week player in a double game week for sure. Uh, but not Van Dijk. Uh, Davies maybe he, he's good, but it, you know as long as he keeps his place. Uh, you know my love for Otamendi, and I think City will keep clean sheets. Is he going to play all their games? I'm not sure. I, to answer your question, I don't think there is one defender. That's why I didn't. I, I gave you a keeper, a midfielder, and a, and a forward. Yeah, I'd agree with Mars. I don't think there is one actually at the, in the in the back. I think because Liverpool don't play in the double, you can't make that compelling case for them. Definitely for the for the blank upcoming. I think you well, you want three Liverpool. I've decided to offset the risk and go forward, midfielder, and defender, but. Um, yeah, ongoing. I don't think you can make a case for him being a must-have. I really like Van Dijk, and surely he's due a goal. Surely. I think if it depends. Like if you haven't got a wild card, then that him playing in the single game week offsets him not having a double. It's a good point, actually. I I always assume that people have still got it, but of course. And sometimes single single mm. game week can outscore the double. So. They can. God, yeah, that's burnt. Absolutely, forward. absolutely. I, I honestly haven't looked at the fixtures. So I don't even Liverpool, have a re- Liverpool have a really good Bournemouth at home, mate. It's a, it's a lovely one. Bournemouth at home in 34. In 34. Okay, yeah, mm. that's, that's a nice one. But, you know, Bournemouth can attack and they've come to Anfield and caused those problems before. But, yes, absolutely. If you don't have the wild card and you already have uh, Van Dijk, you keep those players, especially if you've built value on them. Because I'd imagine, I think Van Dijk's price has risen already. So you keep them if you don't have the wild card because you don't want to lose the value um, of your team. But, in my opinion, I don't see one defender. Maybe Aspelicueta, but again, Chelsea are not really pulling up trees. They do have a good oh. run of fixtures, but they're not doing yeah. anything to make me want to keep them. Four what's, with my, what's with my Liverpool loving on the pod, by the way? I don't know. We're rubbing off on you, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, that's, uh, I, think, I think you're right, lads. Um, next up, we have Mohutsu at T3MK underscore. Dale, this one's for you. Do you guys find it hard to ditch players like Wilson and Theo for lack of better replacements with a game week 31 fixture and instead have to navigate the game weeks by transferring in other players, supposedly bench fodder, because ditching these players leaves you with less cover, which obviously won't be good for the blank game week 31. What's your, what's your thoughts on that one, Dale? Um, I'll keep this brief because game week 31 has been done to death on Twitter. And look, it's like this. Don't, depending on what chips you've got, don't over-focus on 31. Don't, don't bring in duds just because they've got a fixture in 31. I mean, on average, people are going to be fielding, unless you're playing your free hit, you're going to be fielding probably six, seven players, maybe eight. That'll, that'll be the range, I think, of it'll be six to eight players, you know, Everyone's going to have three Liverpool players, um, and it's all teams that are. Some of them are doing well, some of them are doing rubbish, and you know, just because they've got a fixture that week, don't mean they're suddenly going to score you eight, nine, ten, twelve points. They're probably going to revert to revert to the mean and just get two or three points. You know, there'll be there'll be there'll be the 
the odd good call of, of a, a Wilson or whatever who might pop up with a brace or, or you know what I mean it's but don't overthink it just get your six or seven players eight players whatever and and just roll with it and see what happens because it's it's not going to be a make or break week you know there'll probably be yeah. some guy who who scores like 150 points or something like is is is, <laughs> is always the norm but like the average is going to be pretty low just keep the ones you have. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go dropping anyone who has got a who has got a game in um, in thirty one. But uh, I wouldn't go mad trying to add duds bench fodder as he calls it. As in, especially as we mentioned many times before, it's um, a lot of the matches are up against each other. So you have a Liverpool forwards. No point in having a defender against them. Um, that, you know. That's it. And and like the fixtures swing, don't they? After thirty one, the fixtures start to swing for some teams. So, You're right. Um, so next up, Tom, is FBL Joe at FBL Joe 23. Um, quick one on this was uh, Sané looks like he's back in form and Sterling has gone AWOL. So he's reckoning, is it a straight swap for the two of them after game week 31? Um, yeah, for me, this depends how much money you've got tied up in Sterling. So I got on him really, really early. I got over a mil sort of value, so half a mil if I sold him in, in terms of being able to then buy him back. If you haven't got that amount, then I do understand that. I love Sane. I think he's a much better footballer than Sterling. Um, I do actually prefer owning him in an ideal world. But if that's your only kind of concern, then you're a better manager than me. I think there's there's more pressing concerns than doing a sideways move of a Man City asset, particularly when you think that come game week kind of 33, we expect City to have had the league wrapped up then. And there's been loads of talk in the media this week as well about what Guardiola does when his sides win the league in terms of what he's achieved at Bayern and, and that awesome team at Barca in sort of 2008. And he does rotate significantly. He shuffles that deck a lot once they've won that league. So I'd sort of tread a bit carefully and I wouldn't really focus on um, sideways move of your Man City players. I'd, I'd be looking more at um, you know solidifying your squad for... 31 in terms of who's playing in that and, and then with a view to the, the double game weeks outside of Man City would be, would be my advice there. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Tom. Um, Dale, Mr. Walker Porter, was asking um, form over fixtures. So he's wondering basically, dump Everton and Arsenal, even though there's no blank for Everton and Arsenal have easy fixtures in quotation marks. Um, he has Mkhitaryan, which he's calling a fraud, and Walcott, which again is a fraud. He's tr- struggling to think straight with the impending, impending blank and his game week 32 wildcard. So what's your thoughts on that? Do you think we should we be more relying on form over fixtures? Well, it's, it's Chiefs uh, catchphrase, isn't it? Form over fixtures. I think yep. Everton, I'd be dumping all the... I would even... Just because they've got a game in 31, I wouldn't even be second in the other players. I personally think that Allardyce has been told he's going in the summer. I think he was brought into steady the ship this season, and then they're going to re- re- they're going to probably appoint Silver in the summer. I would have thought, I agree, or mate. I someone totally else. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've signed Tosin, and he's he, he can't be Allardyce's signing because he's come out and said he ain't playing him until the safe. Well, surely if you've signed a, a proven striker, you know it, you're playing because you need goals. If that doesn't make no sense. Um, so yeah, I think I think Allardyce will be going in the summer personally. So I think the squad know it and they're just they're not playing for him, you know. So I think I'd be dumping Everton, Arsenal. It's a tough one. Um, I'm on triple Arsenal, uh, as everyone knows on Twitter because Fly 
kindly tweeted it out to everyone. Um, I'm going to probably dump... I'm probably going to move move it down to two Arsenal players um, and see what happens. I'm happy to keep Aubameyang because I think he's probably going to find goals from somewhere. And I'm happy to keep Ramsey because he's been probably their best player recently. So, Arsenal, it's a wait and see. Yep, good stuff. Thanks, man. Um, Joseph Allegretti Mars was asking at JP Allegretti was asking go Albana to Schindler this week or save the transfer and choose between Albana home to Burnley or Duffy away to Everton. So, um, what's your thoughts on that one, Albana to Schindler? Save the transfer and uh, because no, save the transfer and uh, play Albana home to Burnley. Depending if you need two transfers for for game week 31, because Huddersfield do have a nice home fixture. I agree with Mars. I think they both can see you, actually. I think Swansea are in great form. Um, and I'm a West Ham fan, but we were horrible um, on the road at Swansea last weekend. And Burnley were quality against Everton, even when they went 1-0 down. So I think they probably both concede. So why why risk the move? I'd, um, save save I'd the save transfer. It. I'd save it. Yeah, I agree. I think Ogbonna will come back in. He only missed the game because of illness. So especially with Reed being injured, I expect him to play in, in game week 30. Good stuff, lads. Um, okay, move on to looking at game week 30. So um, we're, go- we're going to basically play our game of love-hate, where we're going to go through, start with you, Tom, on this. Um, go give me three or four players or teams that you have strong love or hate feelings about for the upcoming game week. Um, so it's quite a tough game week, actually. So I think I really like the look of the Chelsea-Palace uh, game. I think Palace, they had a rotten defeat tonight against United they got beaten in the very last minute um, 3-2 so I think their confidence will be shot I think Chelsea will be looking to react to the negative publicity as to how defensive they were against um, you know, a quality team in Man City on the weekend so I, I'm expecting some big points there for Chelsea um, so you know, usual assets there Alonso, Hazard etc would be players to look out for um, and the other one I actually quite fancy is a bit of a rogue one is I fancy Burnley to get a result at my team, West Ham. I think West Ham, it's a massive game for us and we should be focusing on it. Um, this one and the next one are two huge games for us, actually. But I was really impressed with Burnley against Everton, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, they went 1-0 down, didn't really deserve to be down, in my opinion. Fought back and deservedly won the game. So their confidence will be buoyed after, I think it was 10 games without a victory. Um, we've got hammered 4-1, twice on the spin. Reed's now been stretched off, so we've got real problems at, at centre-half. So I fancy Burnley to, to get a victory there. They never score heaps of goals, so if you've got somebody like Tarkovsky or me, Ward, maybe Pope, then I'd play them in this game and um, I'd, I'd be fairly confident of them of them having a good chance of a clean sheet, unfortunately for me. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Um, tell us, uh, Dale, give us, give us some uh, love-hates you've got for 30. Yeah, I agree with Tom. It's a tough game week. I don't, I don't think it's an easy one. Um, I, I kind of like Brighton to carry on their form and beat Everton. I think. There, so what I'm do you reckon of the um, the Arsenal? You mentioned you got treble Arsenal. They got like this home fixture against Watford. How, how do you see that going? You, you confidence on paper looks awesome, doesn't it? So what are your thoughts I'm, on that one? I'm not confident at all. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. Watford have really tightened up. I think they've got three clean sheets in the last four mm. or last five. Um, 
sort of uh, Yavi Grazia's come in and he's, he's tightened them up. I mean, there was shipping goals. I mean, this was one of the fixtures I was looking at when there was under silver because you know they're just they just ship goals. But he, he's come in and really tightened them up. I guess I'm just hoping that Arsenal have a reaction. I mean, hmm. I've, I've stuck the boat in on them tonight, and I really have. I've, you know, I'm, I'm expecting some pelters, but um, yeah, I'm not confident at all. But if 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 they're going to turn it around, then this is the fixture, I suppose. Um, yeah. But who's your third um, Arsenal player? Dale, just quickly. Uh, Mustafi. Mustafi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's probably going to be vacating, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I really like Swansea against Huddersfield. I think Huddersfield may be running out of steam a bit. Um, they have got a lot of quality in their squad. The team works really hard and I think Wagner has done a brilliant job. But I can just see Swansea, because they've got the form at the minute. Just Playing just, really well, aren't they? Yeah, getting right. a result. I mean, I'm tempted to stick Ayo in as, uh, as my third forward, to be honest. Um but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm expecting a really tough game week. Man United v Liverpool is like the, the standout fixture of the week. But, you know, Man United will probably park the bus. And um, it'll be down to see whether Salah can rate, rate the team down. It is really hard to call that, that Man United-Liverpool game, isn't it? I think the Swansea one's a great shout, though, Dale. I think they're in quality form. And I hadn't really thought about it saying Huddersfield running out of steam. That, that might be a thing. I know Donica mentioned... Um, key earlier 4.9 mil and you mentioned um jordan ayu andre ayu was was awesome against us on the week so there may actually be a few options there in terms of looking for a differential from swansea if you wanted to take a punt on just game week 30 there's a few yeah camel camel likes to attack the team attack basically you know and he's, he's playing both the bio brothers up front um did i mean you could turn at the mid the midfield uh is it jordan He's a midfielder on the FPL, and he? he could take him as an out of position, really. Um, yeah, they do have they do have a good few options. Yeah, so then that might be a good um, good way to if you're looking to gain on your money league in terms of a fixture that people might not have been focused on, then that might be one to look at. Actually, I've got Jordan Ayo as my third choice striker. I'll definitely be playing him in this game. But um, yeah, I do like the look of Key as well. I think he's still 4.9 mil, so he may be another one to look at. I think they'll be a good team for for the wildcard fillers. Agree, mate. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. 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 And Jordan, are you definitely a shout for the third forward? We, you know, we forgot when yeah. we were discussing that. For he sure. He seems to be the preferred choice for Carvalho, doesn't he? Ahead of sort of um, Tammy Abraham and and Boney uh, and Boney and Andre Ayew kind of plays in midfield with him, so he looks good value. So yeah, good shout, mate. Good stuff. Um, Marzi, have you got um, any love hate for me? Uh, I actually uh, think Newcastle are going to do Southampton over, so I think that's a that's a sneaky fixture there that not many people might have players from. So if you do, you know Newcastle at home, I, I think they'll beat Southampton. Um, I think Southampton are struggling for confidence. They managed, yeah, well, a draw against Stoke at home, which is you know not not the best thing. Um, apart from everything that we said, you know, I I, I agree with the. I actually hate the United Liverpool fixture. Nothing to do with the fact that I support Liverpool. It's everything to do with the fact that I support Liverpool, and I hate that fixture, and I hate the fact that it's at twelve thirty on Saturday. Ru- mm. Has a chance to ruin my ruin the whole day. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I, I already prepped the wife. I said like Liverpool are playing early on Saturday, yeah, against United. So if I'm in a bad mood, just let it be. 
Um, <laughs> and nobody's mentioned Stoke City on Monday night. I'm actually probably the the one game that I'm most scared about selling Aguero. If if he plays, and obviously Sterling could come back, I sold him as well. I think that fixture could. Um, Man City want to win the league as soon as possible, and uh, and wrap it up. So I can see them really demolishing Stoke. Uh, didn't they score seven when they played at home against them? Sure, something did. crazy like that. Yeah. So you know this, it could be a dangerous night for. I still got Otamendi and he'll play, but for for you know for people who like me sold Aguero or Sterling or both, um, yeah, I'll be watching behind the sofa. The only yeah, thing I with think... that, Mars, is that they do have the Champions League kicking round. So you never know they... with Pep, do you? I mean, it's true, it's true, but they've got Basel this week. Yeah, and so they've already can't... they they threw they they pretty much threw. So he played his strongest team um, against Chelsea. The play, he probably rest. I can imagine Aguero getting a rest. Actually, th- even after week. that as well, they don't have an FA Cup game, do they? So he can probably no. just flog them until then anyway, if he wanted to, and then give them a nice break. So, yeah, I suspect Aguero will probably play. And yeah, he could, they could yeah, easily to, destroy, uh, destroy Stoke, couldn't they? As you said, Jamares, I think I think they I think they actually want to wrap up the league before the Champions League really gets into yeah, the business yeah. stages. You know, where they where they can have. Totally take the foot off well, the gas in the league. And I read a good quote that Pep said the last six weeks is the best he's seen uh, Aguero play. So yeah. it, he's, he's right in favour now. So yeah, it'd be, you'd expect him to play. Just, just like, I wonder if just like Jose, now when he drops him, when he do you remember when he praised Luke Shaw and then suddenly Young is back at left back? I wonder if he said that because he's preparing to to rest him for a bit and then he doesn't want Aguero to get mad. Or so. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. But, uh, you know, I sold Aguero and I'm happy. I, I, I got lucky in a way because I, I watched the games that he played and he could have easily scored against Arsenal in the league, uh, got an assist. He could have easily scored against Chelsea. I got away with it because Firmino did better and that's who I sold him for. But, you know, if he comes back and haunts me in one game, I, I expect that because he, he'll be most likely be back in, in the wildcard team. But yeah, it's a fixture that I'm... Uh, and the other one, actually, that we, we haven't mentioned is Bournemouth Spurs. Um, you know, that, that many people will captain Salah. And unfortunately for us, brave ones who have been captaining Kane for the last few weeks, a lot of the people, I can see them jumping on that bus now. Uh, with Spurs playing away from home, Kane seems to actually score more. And against Bournemouth, who will attack and can't defend very much. So for your Spurs assets, it's going to be a good game. Yep, it should yeah. be. Um, fellas, that's brilliant. Um, moving on out to the final section of the show, which is, of course, our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks. Um, you know the drill. Looking at your own team, who are you going to be picking if you want to make a conservative choice? That's the Barlow. Um, and who are you going to go for if you're feeling frisky? As always, we'll, um, we'll give it to our guest to give us the first pick. Uh, so Barlow will definitely be Harry Kane. I uh, still... <laughs> captained him, I think, or in pretty much every time of, uh, he's been an option this season. So he would be the Barlow one. Brilliant stuff. Um, tell us, uh, Dale, come to you next one. Who's going to be your Barlow? Uh, yeah, I've got to agree with that. Harry Kane. Harry Kane I, can't, yeah. I can't really disagree with that, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, Mars, what about yourself? Are you going to give us a clean sweep for Harry? Yeah, yeah, Harry Kane gets it. Good stuff. Um, and Tom, bring it back now to the risky one. If you're going to go risky, who are you going to go for? Yeah, I think my risky one, I know that Jamie Vardy's got a great record at the Hawthorns, 
So I've still got Vardy, so I'd probably go him. Perfect. And uh, Dale, coming to you, so on the on the risky one, who are you going to go for? Oh, it's a tough one this week, a really, really tough one. I was going to maybe say Chris Wood, but because Tom supports West Ham, I won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, I'll go with uh, Jordan Ayew. That's a good nice. one, actually. Yeah, I like that, mate. That's yeah. a good one. And I, I like Tom's one because we forgot the Leicester-West Brom fixture. That's another one where I, I just think West Brom are gone. And Leicester, um, away from home again, they could do well. Uh, if I had Vardy or Mahrez, they would be my um, uh, Baldwin pick. But um, West Brom have to try and win, right? So they're going to have uh, to attack them. They just have to. They can try. They can try so, all they want. So, mate, so that's going to be good for for Vardy as well. It, oh, they will be wrong. Be. I don't think I don't think they will win at all. But I think they have to yeah. at least try. So that should give Vardy a chance to to get at that um, at that back line. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, might, I might risk it. Yeah, Baldwin, West, Ham, West Brom are gone. Uh, they're gone. Oh, they're gone. So it's, it, gone. It, yeah. It's, <laughs> Unless you sack Padre, they might sack him. It's, they might find it think, hard to get back up again too. Mm, uh, they've yeah. got a lot of old players. They've got a lot of old players that you know. That's what I mean. They need a whole revamp of the squad and everything. Yeah. My Baldwin would be either Walcott or Alonso. Alonso Walcott against Alonso. Palace. Walcott at yeah. home to Brighton. Walcott's uh, been yeah. quiet, so if he comes up with a brace now, why not? If you if you captain either of them, Mars, then I'm not gonna captain either of them. I'll just I'll change, you. <laughs> I'll I'll change my Twitter handle to Mars is a god. <laughs> nice one, fellas. Um, lads, that's all we got time for. Thanks a million to um to you, our honorary amigo Tom Campbell, of course. Who you all follow at utterly tc. Um, thanks to you for listening, sharing, and liking the pod, our lovely listeners. Um, and get following our group Twitter account at Three Amigos FPL. Mars at Mars05, Chef Dale H, that's our Dale, and myself at FPL Marple. Uh, we have a special request this week. As I mentioned earlier on, we've just joined the Reddit community. So listeners who use Reddit's Fantasy Premier League group, please look us up at Three Amigos FPL and give us an upvote to help us out. Booyah! Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.